0: in this country, without regard to party politics, and now here's Michael Cargill.
3: Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. We have some breaking news coming out of Austin, Texas. The Austin Austin Police Department. I tell you what, I, I, you know, I, I miss the days of when you know we could talk about, um, you know, strip clubs blow and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, I missed those days, but now it's it's kind of boring. You know, we're talking about witness tampering, abuse of official capacity, and more stuff. So, according to an internal communication with the Austin Police Department, um this reads, "Our main priority is to keep all employees informed of important information and matters that impact our operations. Austin Police Department has received both internal and external complaints involving Assistant Chief Richard Guardo." alleging both criminal and administrative violations. Per policy, Assistant Chief Guardo has been placed on restricted duty pending the outcome of the criminal and administrative investigations. We take this matter seriously and respect the process. Assistant Chief Guardo will be afforded all rights and, and due process to which he is entitled throughout the investigations. Assistant Chief Gay will oversee all of these units until responsibilities are distributed amongst the executive staff we appreciate your attention so uh re- attention to this matter now let's go over to the complaint the actual complaint says this this is a complaint against austin police department assistant chief of police richard rich guardo this complaint is based on information and belief after interviewing multiple credible witnesses who are officers or employees of the Austin Police Department examining the affidavit of Austin Police Detective David Fugit. Detective Fugit is the lead detective in the criminal case against U.S. Army Sergeant Daniel Perry. Perry is indicted for murder, aggravated assault, and deadly conduct in connection with the death of Garrett Foster. The case is styled uh, State of Texas v. Daniel Perry, cause number D1. Delta Charlie 21 900007. Now, Fugit was called as a witness before the grand jury in this case and will be a witness when the case goes to trial. On or about August 3rd, 2021, elected district attorney Jose Garza became aware that Detective Fugit provided defense attorneys with a sworn affidavit alleging that the Travis County District Attorney's Office committed the criminal offense of tampering with a witness. Fugit and su- and suppress escapul... I'm sorry. I'm going to mess this up. Esculpatory. thank you. Evidence from the grand jury. There we go. All right, now, <laughs> Fugit's action in providing the affidavit uh, demonstrated great personal courage while complying with the law and all APD policies. Now, after learning about the uh, Fuget's affidavit, District Attorney Jose Garza called Interim Police Chief Joseph Chacon pres- uh, presumably to complain about Fugit's actions and to pressure Chacon to silence Fugit. Now, Chief Chacon is a candidate for a permanent police chief and likely did not want to anger the elected district attorney. So shortly after Garza's phone call to Chacon, Assistant Police Chief Richard Guardo went to Detective Fugit's cubicle and accosted him. Now, Guardo threatened Fugit with an internal affairs complaint if he didn't retract his affidavit. He further gave Fugit a direct order to cease speaking with the defense attorneys representing Daniel Perry. Now, apparently, Guardo made significant remarks to the crowd of detectives in the workspace adjacent to Fugit's cubicle, consistent with the threats he made to Fugit. Now, all detectives present to hear Guado's comments are witnesses in this matter. At some point later, Chief Chacon thought to seek legal guidance from Assistant uh, City Attorney Chris Coppola, Presumably, Coppola informed Chacon that everything that had transpired viola- violated criminal and civil statutes and subjected the city of Austin to liability. Now, in threatening Detective Fugit with an internal affairs case and ordering to never again speak with the defense attorney again, Guarardo committed a minimum the following criminal offenses. Tampering with a witness, Texas Penal Code Section 36.05, obstruction or retaliation, Texas Penal Code Section 3606, official oppression, Texas Penal Code Section 39.03, abuse of official capacity, Texas Penal Code Section 3902, and corrosion, corrosion of a public servant, Texas Penal Code Section uh, 3603. Now, this is the internal complaint. There's a lot going on, and I don't know if you guys are aware of the Daniel Perry and uh, that, that case And basically, if there was a shooting that took place last year in Austin, uh, right around the July timeframe, when we had protests and riots and all the good good kind of stuff. Sergeant Daniel Perry is a United States Army sergeant. He was working part time for a rideshare company uh, during the time when the protests and the riots were going on. And so this is 2020, July timeframe. And this is when most people were, you know, Locked up. You had to stay in place. You couldn't go outside and all of that kind of stuff. So pretty much there were no, no one outside except for protesters during this time frame. This is like 10, we're talking 10 o'clock at night. And so Sergeant Perry drops off a passenger onto 4th Street. And once he drops off his passenger, he communicates with the next passenger he's going to pick up next. He goes to Congress. As he drives to Congress, he gets to Congress and makes a right turn. When he makes that right turn onto Congress, there are a group of protesters in the roadway. So Sergeant Perry comes to a complete stop. You cannot hit protesters. You cannot hit uh, pedestrians. So he stopped. So once Sergeant Perry came to that stop, they surrounded his vehicle, the, uh, the protesters. And they started pounding on his vehicle, causing damage to his vehicle. Someone motioned him to roll the window down. He thought this person was a police officer, so he rolled the window down. He notices this is not law enforcement. This is a person in tactical gear, with a face mask on, with the AK-47, and it looks like he's pointing the gun, bringing the gun up to point it at Sergeant Perry. Sergeant Perry saw this. He reacted. He pulled out his concealed handgun he had between his seat and the center console. He fired five shots, stopped that person, that person that had the rifle that he saw was being pointed at him. When he fired those five shots, the crowd cleared his, cleared his path, he hit the gas. He proceeded to go down to Second Street, a few, a few blocks down the road. Made a left turn, stopped in front of the first hotel, the Line Hotel, and called 911 and waited for police to show up. We come back from the break. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk about what's going on with Austin, how all this is tied together. You have a police, you have an acting police chief that's trying to become the permanent police chief. You have this investigation. You have. You know, now we're talking about interfering with a person's livelihood, a sergeant in the United States Army, um, and how the district attorney is doing things they're not supposed to do. This is Michael Cargill, and you are talking to me, and we're going to talk to you when we come back. Man, Jones,
4: (laughs) and I get my gun news. From Michael Cargill and come and talk it.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today
1: talk 1370
0: welcome back to come and talk it and now here's michael cargill
3: all right. So we're back and we're talking about all this stuff going on with the Austin Police Department. I tell you, I miss those days when, you know, we talk about Austin Police Department, we talk about strip clubs, we talk about, you know, lines of stuff, you know, inside the strip club and all like that kind of stuff. I miss those days. Now, it's, this is boring. You know, I don't know. I don't like, you know, witness tampering, abusive, of official capacity and, and, you know, and all that jazz. I don't like talking about the obstruction, retaliation and, you know, and abuse you know, and coercion and, and just, oh, man. I want some juicy stuff. This isn't juicy to me.
5: Yeah, I miss the days when I was just the commander doing uh, illicit drugs. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I miss those days. Yeah, (laughs) you know, or selling, or whatever. You know, (laughs) just you know, giving away. Those were the good old days. The good old days. You know. But anyway, so we'll talk about this. Miss those days. All right. So there's some other news coming out of the ATF. I tell you, the ATF. uh, Uh, you know. We, we, we got to get ready because we're in for a big, huge fight, you know, Zach. We're in for a huge fight. Mm-hmm. So, the ATF re- released a letter, and I want you to, I mean, you know what? I'm going to let you tell everyone about this. It's hard to read there. I'm going to let you tell everyone about it. They released this letter this week, I believe. Was it this week or last week? A few uh, weeks
5: July 26th.
3: July 26th. All right. Mm-hmm. So, we just got wind of, of this. So, they released this letter, and what is this letter about?
5: So yeah, they wrote a letter to a company called Rare Breed Triggers. Rare Breed Triggers. Is, Who are they? It's a company that makes this uh, really special trigger called a forced reset trigger. They're, and what does it do? So we're gonna have somebody else tell us about normally, it. Normally, yeah, actually uh, we have Travis on the line right now. Travis gonna tell us about he knows this trigger better than we do. let right, well, so. let's
3: let's let's let's, <laughs> let's go to Travis. To let's go to Travis. Travis Hello, What's going on? you' come and talking
5: yes sir how are you doing?
3: I'm doing outstanding so travis what is going what is this rare breed trigger? what is this Well, it is a semi automatic
6: trigger pack it's a drop in trigger that has a bolt lock on it that in concert with the full auto bolt carrier allows you uh, allows the uh trigger to reset itself with the energy of the bolt going back, and so you're allowed to have a, a full uh, a fully automatic replicating rate of fire. Um, if you finesse the trigger correctly, but you can, but it has no selector switch and it's only one bullet uh, per trigger pull. So in in essence, it's almost like a bump trigger.
3: Ooh. Okay. So I see why, I see what why they're saying that. So they're going after mm-hmm. the bump stock. So now they're going to go after this trigger here as well.
6: Right. But you can finesse it. it it's all about, it's all about the, the, the skill of the shooter. Right. Because you can, you can get a single shot off depending how you, Press the trigger. It just that you can also uh, create a rate of fire that's similar to burst fire uh, if you press the trigger correctly because of the way the the mechanism works. Um, but the rate of fire of a weapon has never been illegal. Only the mechanism that creates the rate of fire has ever been under the purview of the nSA
3: so the so the ATF sent this company a letter, a cease and desist letter. That basically right. says, you know, this is in reference to the Rare Breed trigger model FRT-15 manufactured and marketed by, you know, your company. And so the ATF says, hey, cease and desist. You need to stop selling these things. You know, stop what you're doing. Yeah.
6: Right. Yeah. They 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 put that thread out there. But the uh, Rare Breed responded in kind because Rare Breed, before they went to market with this trigger, uh, was very smart about getting a, 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 a just a – a litany of uh, professional opinions that used to work for the ATF. He even had a guy named, I believe his name is Daniel G. O'Kelly. He used to to head the tech department at the ATF. He signed off on the trigger as not being a uh, a fully automatic weapon. And he's an expert witness that has been used in many cases to the chagrin of the ATF. And so the reality is uh, it's also very similar to a trigger that the ATF approved with a letter called the TACON 3 that came out a few years ago. It just – that this performs more proficiently. So on a, on, a, on a legal basis, the ATF is also in trouble because they have they, – they've provided no uh, evidence of their examination. They've just wrote a letter that says that we determined that this trigger is a machine gun, and then they outlined the NFA's definition of a machine gun, something this trigger in no way, shape, or form meets, and said cease and desist. Wow. That's, it's a poor case.
3: So, I mean, what do you think about the cease and desist letter?
6: Well, it's it's uh it's I think it's a scare tactic because uh, they're still selling them. Uh, Rare Breed is still selling their triggers online. Because the, le- the letter pre- the
3: letter really means nothing. You know, they sent you a no. cease and desist letter it doesn't mean you have to stop. It's just you right. know, okay. We're threatened to do something. Okay, well, you know, all right, right. fine, bring it.
6: Right, and that's basically what a- what a uh, Rare Breed has told the ATS and the Department of Justice is: we're prepared to this fight. Show us put the cards on the table and show us what you got, because we have expert opinions. And and this does not meet the letter of the the letter of the law written within the NFA. And so this so tells, what a machine gun is supposed
3: to be. This tells me this is the beginning. You know, they're gonna if they go after this trigger, you know, they're gonna go after right. other triggers as well. Because there are Correct. other triggers out there that do you know, you can do a lot more.
6: Correct. And it's my opinion that this is a slippery slope towards going after all match grade uh, semi automatic triggers. Because as you know in the hand in the hands of, of a skilled shooter, even a Timoney a trigger or a Geisley trigger can, can replicate a full auto rate of fire, um, and, and also the binary triggers made by Franklin Armory and FASCAC. If I were all of these people, I'd be, I'd be throwing my support behind rare breed because they're all in a domino effect next in line. It really boils down to the fact that the ATS has been weaponized uh, in an effort to get rid of the, a- the AR-15 platform. They've gone after the definition of receivers, they've gone after pistol braces, and now they're going after triggers. And it all, it's all an effort to try and see what they can do to minimize the legitimacy of the AR-15 being legal.
5: Right. Next, they're going to have to go after Jerry McCulloch's index finger, right?
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, but but that's what's so crazy is, uh, um, and and I can I can show you footage offline. Is this this trigger is a hundred percent semi-automatic. It's just it's just that technology has evolved as it always does to make semi-automatic fire quicker and 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 we don't need to apologize for the fact that technology is always evolving. We don't, you know, we
5: don't,
6: a mil-spec trigger is not the norm for most people that own an AR-15 rifle.
5: And the definition of a machine gun is basically an automatic sear that mm-hmm. when you hold down the trigger, you basically right. only have to pull the trigger one time and the gun shoots more than one bullet. Whereas right. this, and this trigger one
6: round reset one round reset,,
5: and even though the bolt coming forward forces the trigger into reset, you still mm-hmm. have to pull the trigger again to make it fire right. again
6: and you have to you have to set your gun up properly if you don't put a heavy enough uh buffer in it, it won't fire it'll behave like a bolt action rifle it'll just get one shot off because it won't have the energy to, to push the trigger back
3: all right so here's some here's, here's some triggers we need to try to go and purchase and and save them. <laughs> <laughs> and bear them in the know. backyard. Hellfire triggers. What do you think about those? Hellfire triggers.
6: I'm I, I am I am I'm a complete libertarian when it comes to when it comes to buying what you want.
3: You know? <laughs> All right. So hellfire triggers. Go ahead and buy those up. You know, do a Google search. See if you can get some of those. Bear them in the backyard. Pull and release triggers. Go ahead and do some research. And buy right. buy them and bury them in the backyard. Gatlin cranks. cranks. Yeah, Gatlin yeah. cranks. Go ahead and buy some of those. Google search Gatlin, G-A-T-L-I-N-G cranks. You know, because currently right now, none of this stuff is covered on anything right now. So this would be some of the things they go after net, next.
5: And then also buy shoelaces. <laughs> bury them in the backyard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, I mean, we laugh, but it's, it's reality.
6: Is This this is a slippery slope to go after all semi-automatic triggers. You're right. Because... The, because the the technology has evolved, where most triggers are not that crunchy, crappy mill spec stuff that that you buy out of the box, and everyone changes them. And, and so, and, and the reality that you can turn a trigger into a, a machine gun is just asinine. It's
3: right. a trigger pack. Right. And and you know this goes all the way back to the bump stocks. You know it goes sure. back to that that that's where it all started. You know the the mm-hmm. ATF's ban on bump stocks, and they, that's their tests. You know they're going to see how do we. You know, were we willing to give it up? You know, we we're gonna put up, put up a fight, and we didn't put up a fight. No one said anything, no. and they walked mm-hmm. in, took your bump stock, and they made you know one company, you know, pretty much destroy millions of dollars worth, you know, a, sure. you know bump stocks, and so and and, and no one said anything, and Mm-mm. and and that's that was the caveat. It's like, okay, well, man, you guys are not complaining about it. We just walked into your house, you know, took what you legally purchased, you legally owned. And mm-hmm. we we banned it, we confiscated it, made you destroy it, and right. you didn't even complain about it. And so they say, and, okay, well let's go to the next step. Let's keep going. Right. You give them an inch, they take a mile. That's that's and that's how it, that's how it happens. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And and, if and we, we got to stop them with the bump stocks. You got to stop them with everything mm-hmm. because if we don't, then you know we're going to end up losing you know our magazines. That's that's going to be the next thing. Sure. Oh, Thirty round mags. Oh, let's make them reduce them to ten round mags.
5: You know, it just it just goes from there. California already did that.
3: Yeah, it yeah. just there's no limit.
6: Well, and the reality is, if we prevail in the bump stock argument, we'll prevail everywhere else.
3: That's right. and because- that, and that's why I filed the lawsuit for the state of Texas against the federal government, the ATF, the DOJ, uh, this administration, the last administration, whoever takes power, take control. I'm, you know, they're named in the lawsuit, you know, and we're actually going to the next court, which is the Fifth Circuit. The last week of this month we have our court date in the 5th Circuit in New Orleans for the bump stock case for Texas. So we'll see what happens at the 5th Circuit. You know, hopefully we will prevail. If we prevail, you know, either we either we do good or we don't, we hope to wind up in the Supreme Court so that way the entire country can benefit right. and we can get our bump stocks back and send a clear message to the ATF to the Department of Justice to the federal government that no, you can't walk into my house and take what I legally own and purchase. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to come and talk it hi this is stephen wooliford the barefoot defender i get my global gun news from michael cargill
4: at come and talk it
1: Talk 13.7, the right choice.
0: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: Oh, I tell you, what a complete cluster in Kabul, Afghanistan. You know, it's, this administration should be embarrassed. You know, we totally, on, man. <laughs> totally lost our grounds on everything that we have been able to do in Afghanistan. And now we're going to to start over from scratch and and get that ground back you know there's fighting there's man it's just it's complete chaos over there now we in this that was this is just crazy i I don't even know what to say all right so we're, we're back and we're talking about you know rapid fire devices we're talking about bump stocks we're talking about the federal government the atf coming after you know things that you legally own and purchase and changing the definition of things we're talking about the an agency within the federal government deciding to say, "You know what, something that you own that you legally owned and purchased, they ban it, and they are an agency within the federal government. They're not Congress. Congress creates law. you know we also have a constitution. we have our branches of government, but instead, an agency an agency has said, "You know what? nah, that's illegal. it's banned. Give it to me, or you're a felon." And now they're coming after. More companies, you know, and I'm saying, you know, the next ones they're going to come after. They're going to go after the Gatlin cranks. They're coming after the pull and tre- uh, release triggers, pull and release triggers. They're going after the hellfire triggers. So I'm telling you now, do some research, educate yourself, and get these items if you want them because they're going to come after them next and just bear them in the backyard. And remember, I cannot give you legal advice. I'm not an attorney. <laughs> All right, so we have on the phone... Travis, Travis, and Travis was talking to us about, you know, triggers. He's talking to us about the bump stock. You know, what's your your thought on the bump stock ban, Travis?
6: Oh, it's unconstitutional. I mean, it's it's a novelty device for the most part that, that it doesn't have much real-world application, but that doesn't matter. People are allowed to have fun at their own whims and, and use their guns in a legal fashion as they see fit. So I'm not going to keep anybody from having one.
5: Right. Yeah, we spoke to Stephen Williford last weekend. He is the hero of Sutherland Springs he's the guy that stopped the shooter in that church and he said that he wished that that shooter had a fully automatic weapon because then he would have been out of ammo so much sooner
6: sure yeah yeah he would We're have done less so.
5: damage and been less lethal had he had a fully automatic rifle instead or a bump stock <laughs> uh huh
3: sure it's not it's really not that stable you know it's really no. it, the bump stock is really designed so that someone who's wounded or injured you know it was really designed for like a wounded veteran uh, mm-hmm. who wanted to shoot again that was the reason that was the purpose of the bump stock
6: now the rare breed is much more controllable uh i've used it to hog hunt and it's, it's an incredibly proficient tool for that for that because you can hit so many animals before they scatter but if you don't know how to shoot you're just going to mag down and that's the same thing you're saying with with the bump stock is, is it boils down to how do you know how to use your weapon? And and, and um, any weapon in the hands of someone that doesn't know what they're doing is dangerous.
3: And we saw that when he had that mass shooting in Austin, in downtown Austin, when you had the 14, 17-year-old who actually fired shots in a crowd of crowded people at each other. Didn't hit each yeah. other, but hit all innocent people.
5: Mm-hmm. Definitely so. Then you have Stephen Williford who fired six shots at the shooter and landed all six on him.
3: Right. Yeah. And unfortunately the shooter had body armor Mm -hmm. and that's what, you know that's why the shooter was able to get away, get into a vehicle and drive on down the road, and then end up, you know, his injuries, you know, overtaking him a little bit and end up killing himself. Mm -hmm. Which is what they do. Even special
6: operators don't go in the full auto when they're when they're doing close quarter combat. It's it's a reckless thing to do. You it's done for suppressive fire uh in in an application for uh well one, I don't have a full auto, but if full auto were legal, as it should be, and it is if you have an NFA tax stand, it would be applicable for fun and for hog hunting and it's no darn business whether or not uh, you have it or not.
3: Yeah. And in most cases it's just not practical. It's not practical to actually fire right. in, in full auto. You know, like you just right. said, you are gonna do a, you're gonna you're gonna waste your ammunition I Ammunition mean, is really expensive right now, and and mm-hmm. you know, like you just said, it's only for like things like suppressive fire, things of that nature. You're trying to keep somebody at bay while someone else moves in, something like that. You know, other than that, yeah, it's just really not. Nice. It's it's. T- it, but you know what? I like it because it's, it's fun.
6: Exactly, it's and fun. you know, and and that's that's an aspect. I mean, fun is not part of the regular the regulatory uh, duties of the of the ATF. <laughs>
3: That's right. It's so, like it's like jumping into a car and wanting to get on the toll road. And I, I know I'm on I can't exceed I'm not supposed to exceed eighty or eighty five miles an hour, but you know what? You know, every once in a while I look around, you know, maybe I wanna you know, maybe, allegedly, maybe. I'm not saying right. I did. I'm just saying maybe. You know, I want to you know go one twenty or one fifty. Sure. You know, one eighty and your car
6: and your car can go that fast, even though it it seldom will have legal recourse to do it. It still can.
3: Right. So it's the same thing because it's fun. It's mm-hmm. it's part of being a man. It's part of you know digging deep and that that alpha. Because I'm an alpha dog and alpha dogs like to do things like that. rough. Right. And as,
6: as Zach was saying, if any if any madman mass shooter got a hold of a rare breed trigger and used it for a uh, for a crime, uh, he would be out of ammo in three seconds. Right. And then he and then a good guy could get him.
3: That's right, and you—I mean, in, in in theory, you—I would rather you know, just like you said, rather than you know, go ahead and shoot full auto. I think Zach said it. Go ahead and shoot full auto. Go ahead and waste your ammunition, so then we can take you out. You'll—you'll mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll go through yeah. all your your magazines real quick. The
6: problem is the general public, who, uh, well, half the country, I should say, that that are not familiar with firearms, and and apparently our our regulatory agencies seem to base their firearm knowledge off of Hollywood movies. And so they're scared of the cosmetics of the AR-15 platform, and they're and and they think that uh, full auto is a uh, is you know just just completely deadly all the time. And it can be, of course, it is. It's a weapon. But the reality is that full auto, like we've already addressed, is is unless it's in the hands of someone that is a precise shooter, uh, it it's not going to be a very effective use of a weapon.
5: Exactly. Yeah, I just saw a video of basically these Taliban fighters that were all in a row and they had this AK 47 fully automatic and they were just passing it from one guy to the next and they point it up in the air and they hold their finger down on the trigger. And it gets to this one guy, he points it in the air and he's holding down the trigger, shoots about three shots. And then the nose of the gun just goes almost straight down and he just can't control this gun because it's just, firing fully automatic, and it just starts spraying into his buddies.
6: Mm. Wow. Darwin Award winners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the
5: yeah. caption was, uh, when you lie on your resume. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Yeah, YouTube, I'll tell you. I just sit there some days, you know, <laughs> just sit there and watch these videos. I remember, I remember the one with the guy, which is a totally different topic here. The guy was at the Indoor Gun Range, and he... Was showing, it looks like a bachelor party, sort of like a, a group of guys, a revolver. And it, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you just, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or what he's doing. You know, he shouldn't be talking and, and, you know, moving at the same time. Put the gun down, talk, do your demonstrate, you know, tell them what you want to tell them, then pick up the gun and show them. Don't do them both at the same time. Some people just are incapable of talking and demonstrating with the gun at the same time. You got to get yeah. really comfortable with doing that. And so he picks up the gun and ends up firing a shot. You know, when he didn't realize he was his finger was on the trigger, and then pops himself in the forehead.
5: Yeah, and it comes yeah, back and it hits him in the head, and he brings it back to the position it was in real quick. So this happens real fast. <laughs> he hits himself in yeah. the head with the gun and then points it back downrange. And, and the guy was like, guy did, you said, do, "Did you mean to do? Did you to do that?" He goes, did "Yeah." You mean to do? That? <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, man. We get uh, you, you. Speaking of that, next weekend we have Guns and Giggles comedy show. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's next Saturday. Guns and Giggles comedy show. So we're gonna talk about some of these different things in the comedy show. Because you know what? I'm hosting the comedy show. <laughs> I'm the host of Guns and Giggles this month, and so we're gonna talk about some of the things that have happened in the gun ranges, at the gun store. Talk about. Um, yeah, because I get some really weird stuff that happens. We get some I get really weird phone calls. I get another phone call that this week. Another one. Another weird phone call. I'll tell you, you know what I can tell you now. We got plenty of time. So uh, I'm sitting there, you know, and the phone rings and this girl goes, Hey, you know, Michael Cargill, um, <clears throat> something happened to me, you know, something happened downtown, da 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 and I ended up in the hospital or well, end up being stopped by police they slammed, me, slammed her to the ground handcuffed her knocked her unconscious she ended up in the in the hospital and woke up and all her stuff was gone and she just has a she just had a business card with my name written on it saying call Michael Cargill it's just the weirdest. Thing I know, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's just a weird, and this is a long phone call conversation I had with her. i was just like, okay, and I, I said like four or five times, okay, can you say that story all over again to me one more time? <laughs> I said like four or five times. I like, I just need to hear the story one more time. She repeats the whole, you know, she repeated it like four or five times to me. Yeah, she was downtown, um, on Congress, and on so in SoCo, something happened where her stuff was stolen from her. And like a purse and stuff, and then she ended up calling the police. The police ended up not believing her for some reason or the other. Ended up putting her to the ground. She hit her head, knocked her. On, she knocked on. She was knocked unconscious. Woke up in the hospital, and the only thing she had was a business card that said, "Call Michael Cargill." <laughs> I was like I just don't know. I was like, I was like, okay, I don't know what to tell you. I said, anytime someone tells you that, they're probably telling you you need to buy a gun, you need some gun training. You know, you need to. Know, take some, you know, classes or lessons or, or learn some gun law. So that's the only thing I can tell you. I don't know why someone would tell you, you know, to call me. I don't know what handwriting it's in or anything like that. And I don't think. And, and I asked her. I said, well, When did this happened, She said May. I said, Oh goodness, May. I can't even tell you what I did yesterday. Let alone May. So if I gave it to you, I wouldn't even remember me giving it to you in the first place. So it's just really weird things that happen. You know, weird phone calls. I get weird phone calls all the time. I get weird people into the store. Um, Last week, we had a guy walk into the store. He walked up. He asked, like, just, it was like, it was almost like it was a bed. Like, someone made him walk into the gun store. He had half of his mustache was shaven off. (laughs) He was wearing one shoe, one sock. And he walked to the gun store and asked one little silly question and then turned on and walked back out. He had one shoe, one sock, half his mustache was shaven off.
5: Well, what did he ask?
3: I, I don't even remember, but I was just, I was standing, uh, I was, we were so busy. <laughs> we, we so, you know what? We come back from the break. I'll tell you what he asked. All right. All right. You know what? Thank our our, our caller for, for being on the show with us. Yeah. Thanks Good, Travis.
5: Thank you. Appreciate you coming on.
3: Absolutely. No, Travis. I would just,
6: I would just close with, if you do own this force reset trigger, do not be uh, deterred or fearful because of that letter. Just hold on to your trigger at your own discretion and, it's not illegal to own it, so don't panic.
3: That's right. It's not banned yet. So so hold on That's to it. Right. Don't get rid of him. Don't just hide him in the backyard. That's right. <laughs> At granddad's house. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This
6: is Korea Noir,
1: and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Austin's Talk, 1370.
0: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: All right. All right, we're back and we're talking about, let's get caught up a little bit on this this case with uh, Garrett Foster. And I want to kind of talk about what's happening on the side of the DA. So the trial for Army Sergeant Daniel Perry and the death of Garrett Foster is going to move forward after the judge dismissed claims meant to halt the trial uh, this, this week Wednesday. The judge dismissed claims by the lead investigator in the case that the Travis County District Attorney's Office tampered with evidence during grand jury proceedings. Alright, so the um and this was this this was filed by O'Connell law. They filed the affidavit, you know, in the case against, you know. They filed an affidavit in a, in a case against uh, Daniel Perry. They can't sit by. They don't want to sit by while the district attorney suppresses it, and, you know, certain evidence and tampers with witnesses to alter their grand, the grand jury testimony. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get that case dropped. Unfortunately, it did not happen. And so, just so you know, Perry is accused of shooting and killing Black Lives Matter protesters Garrett Garrett Foster in July of 2020. Perry claimed self-defense, but the grand jury indicted him on murder and aggravated assault charges. Uh, And don't forget Detective David Fugit, 27-year veteran of the Austin Police Department and an 18-year homicide detective, put together evidence to present to the grand jury. And in the affidavit, Fugit claimed that DA's office forced him to remove certain evidence from his presentation. It became clear uh, to him that the district attorney's office did not want to present evidence to the grand jury. Uh, they would, what they wanted to do was, uh, they wanted, I guess there's, there's like certain information that was in this case. And so what the DA did was he, he wanted to include stuff that was definitely going to get uh, this guy, you know, possibly indicted. And then he wanted to eliminate stuff that was questionable.
5: So they withheld the exculpatory evidence. Correct, yeah. the evidence that would have—you see—I'm trying not to say this word. Given legitimacy, <laughs>
3: I'm trying—I'm trying hard not to say this word because <laughs> I can't say it.
5: Yeah, evidence that would have possibly—you um, know—made this not even go to trial.
3: Right. So, yeah, it's just. This is crazy, and I, I feel sorry for this guy because, you know, he's, he was working part-time, you know, for a ride-share company. And being in the military, you know, you don't make a lot of money being a soldier in the military. And so for someone to have a part-time job, you know, they're trying to, you know, maybe have more funds, try to do something, maybe pay you know, off a vehicle or something like that. And so there's a reason they have this second job, because you know, they're not making enough on their regular job. You know, the Army does not pay enough. You don't get paid a whole bunch. And so he's like, you know, I need to do, I need some extra duty here, some extra, uh, extra job here to pay for some of the things I need to pay for. I don't know. Maybe this guy has a kid or something. Maybe he's paying child support. You just never know. So, you know, he has, has his second job, you know, to pay for that. And then while he's doing his second job, you know, this happens, you know, and I feel sorry for him, you know, and he, he's in a situation where he didn't have a, a, a legal plan. And this is one thing I remind people of, you know, like today I had, you know, Someone in class today, you know, talking about, you know, certain situations and and being able to use their gun in certain situations. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's all fine and dandy. Even on September the 1st, constitutional carry is going to go into effect. And anyone can carry a gun as long as you meet this, you know, criteria. You'll be able to carry a gun in Texas without a license, you know. But when can you use that gun? When can you defend yourself? You know, if you do do this, you do pull the gun out, you do defend yourself, then you're going to have to deal with the legal system. And so, none of these people in this case here and some of the other cases that we talk about, none of them actually have a legal plan of what they're going to do once they do pull the gun out and use it. And unfortunately, this guy, you know, the only negative thing I have to say about it is he didn't have a legal plan, you know, because now he has to have a GoFundMe page or try to raise money for his legal defense, you know, and that that stuff is going to be costly. It's going to be very expensive. You got to have a plan of what you're going to do. And let's go to Pokey. Pokey, you know, we're we'll coming talking. Hello, Michael. What's going on, Pokey? How you doing, sir? Well, well this is
4: kind of off the wall and uh, not related there. Uh, renewal notification I got, got in June for my CHL. My CHL has not expired till December. But I went ahead and filed it in. They were already sent it back. But I'm wondering why they uh, – is there some reason that you can think of? They –
3: yeah, they sent so, me this six so, months in advance. Yeah, you're supposed to get your renewal notice six months before your license expires. So that means your oh. your birthday in December, right?
4: Yes, sir. So right. this is nothing to be
3: alarmed about. No, so nothing to be alarmed about at all. That means they're they're on their p's and q's. That that means this is for the first time you actually got it six months ahead of time. You know why? Because they're not that busy right now, so they're oh, able, okay. they able to send those letters out early. So, yes, sir. Well, you know I've, I've had one for like 15 years, and I, I don't recall ever being. You know, advise this, this this much in advance. Oh, check this out. If a person applies for their license right now, my students are yes, get, they're getting their license back in two weeks.
4: Damn.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're getting it in two weeks. You know, I had a class today of over twenty people in our in our license carry handgun course and one of the guys that were in class, his friends came two weeks prior and they, they already have their license already. You know, so they're uh-huh. they're getting them back pretty quick. And people think there's a lot of fake news out there. People think that people are not coming to class and taking a class. Today, people, Sunday, Sunday, yeah. today, I had over 20 people in my life to Carry Handgun course. So we still have wow. people coming to come into class. Well, you that know? is good. Uh, I was going to ask about that part, too, if you got time. is uh, I,
4: I, I, I try to tell people if you've got a CHL, keep it. And if you don't, Go get one anyway. Forget about this this handgun law. It's 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 good, but it's also good to have one of these. And I struggle with telling him why. Mm-hmm. I tell him, well, if if a police officer pulls you over, he's going to see you have a C H L. That means he you've already been through a background check. Right. And so he's automatically going to be uh, uh, relaxed a little bit, or at least he he knows you're not going to be some kind of thug.
5: Yeah, license holders as a demographic actually commit less crimes than any other demographic.
4: Yes, and the officer is going to know that.
5: Including, mm-hmm. And are going
4: to
3: know you have a license as soon as, as, soon as you get your, your license tag off your car or whatever. Yeah, including law enforcement. You know, license holders are more law-abiding than even law enforcement officers. Huh, you're kidding me. No, not at nope. all. Nope. Sure are.
5: <laughs> Sounds surprising, but it's true.
3: Yeah, so that's why you know, and and if people are still getting their license. My classes are still up there. You know, we, that's still, good. we still got over you know twenty people coming to class, getting their license, and all that good kind of stuff. They want to know the law. People know that constitutional carry is going to go into effect on September the first. They know this. The people that are coming yeah. to me, but they want to know. They want to know where they can carry a handgun, where they can't. They want to know uh, when they can legally shoot someone. You know, and people are always shocked. And one of the things I like to mention, I like to ask, this is the question I like to ask people. You know, I said, okay, you know, here you are. Let's say it's uh it's four o'clock in the afternoon. It is coming up on five here, it's like four fifty-five. And yeah. and let's say we're at the gas station and we're getting gas. And so you're by yourself, you're at the pumps, you're pumping your gas, and all of a sudden someone hops in your vehicle and steals your car. Can you shoot them? Uh, I would say uh yeah. No, you can't. No. <laughs> no. I must have paid attention real well in my class all these years ago. <laughs> so that's theft that's theft doing the, you know, theft during the daytime. You can't do that. Now let's say let's say you're it's same time, four fifty six PM, and you're pumping gas. And let's yeah. say your kid, you have someone's in the vehicle, and, yeah, and someone hops in your vehicle and drives off.
5: Now can you shoot him?
4: I'd say yes again.
3: Yes, because now that you know, it's it's all about the vehicle is occupied.
5: Now you can shoot at the car that has your don't baby. Don't shoot at in the it.
3: vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> don't shoot. The vehicle. Vehicle. You know, you you stop that person. You know, you stop that yeah. person. You know, you can use for you can use force or deadly force to stop that person. Yeah, you know, and don't shoot Control. the kid.
5: You're gonna have a deaf kid after yeah. that. Yeah,
3: yeah, don't shoot the child. I well, don't have. I'll and just, of course, I'll, I'll not tell them my the kid
4: that. got out and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right you, thank you michael i appreciate it. you have another good show
3: not a problem hey, hopefully uh, you're going to join us on guns and giggles this weekend
4: uh no but the rest of the uh trailer park crew is i got a problem with the- i know it's going to be crowded and i'm gonna miss uh simply courtney he'll be there right i'm
3: not sure I don't, he hasn't been there This, it's, it's oh. he's not one of the comedians no this uh, di- oh, this is a totally different set of comedians uh and i don't, actually i don't even know who our comedians are that are actually going to be here yeah. yeah totally different set of comedians and everything. So. And we're just getting this started back going, and we're trying to get it, you know, get this momentum up. Guns and giggles. Tenfold. I know half my crew from the trailer park will be there. Uh, Jennifer and and Joe
4: Martinez, they all planning to go, but I'm thinking it's going to be crowded. They got this rubber hose up my nose already.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well, might you, well, you know, you know, you know, we we always do we do BYOB. You know, you bring yeah. your own booze. Uh, we a lot of times we have though, right? we have pizza. Bring, you have your, own yeah, bring well. your own oxygen. You yeah, bring your own oxygen. Yeah, I was
4: gonna bring my oxygen tank, but then my doc said, you know, it's gonna be healthy crowded in that room.
3: Hey, but you know, I can't, and last time it was out in the hallway. I can't wait until the the one that we're gonna have in September. That comedy show in September is gonna be fun because is um, it? yeah, because on September the first we're gonna have well in September we'll have Guns and Giggles yeah. again. But in September, the law is going to change. The law changes to where if you are a license holder and you're yeah. carrying a handgun, the, the legal limit goes up to .08. Oh, boy. It, right now, it's zeroes the limit. So starting September 1st, I'll be able to have my license, have a gun, and I can be and at least .08. Yeah, and still have a drink. And so I like that. Oh, yeah. So get Another good reason to get a license, like you were saying before. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna have people coming to the gun coming to the gun show, uh, gun store there uh, for guns and giggles, and we're gonna have. Uh, yeah, we, we may even give some beer away. You just never know. Oh, I just might have to just get me a full oxygen tank, and if I have to, I'll just turn it all the way up to high. <laughs> yeah, you just you just wear your mask. That's all. You don't have yeah, to I
4: wear a mask and put on my uh, yeah, for you for you high.
3: Yeah, for you wear your mask because you got oxygen chain, all kind all kind of stuff going on there. Yeah, but anyone yeah, else, yeah, no one yeah, else, man, we don't you don't have to wear your mask. You don't have to wear mask. For. It's up to you.
4: Yeah, I got a nice, good mask I can wear. Turned the oxygen up to
5: high.
3: you would be good to go. That's right.
4: <laughs> I, I miss Guns and Giggles, because you know me and Ma
3: used to give several times. <laughs> I got that excellent picture of you and Ma together. All right, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones.
4: <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It.
0: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: That's right. (laughs) Zach is giving me a hard time, let me tell you, because this is what happens when I go from the gun range to the radio show. Without making a stop in between. Without making a stop in between. (laughs) I end up showing up here with no hole in the system. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm going to talk about ghost guns. Let's talk a little bit about Ooh, ghost guns. Yeah, scary ghost guns. Ooh, because you know what? You know what, Zach? I don't like this. I don't like the fact that they're calling ghost guns. They're they're using the word that terminology wrong. I think. What are they referring to? When when refer- they say ghost guns, ghost guns. They're referring to you know when you say ghost gun to me, you know I'm thinking you're talking about a 3D printed gun. You know something that you made. I I consider that a ghost gun.
5: I now- thought they were talking about guns that were. Manufactured firearms that were subsequently uh, had their serial numbers scratched off. So they're, they're, talk- they're using that.
3: They're talking about those, and they're also saying, you know, anything that you made now that's not serialized. They're calling that a ghost gun also. So they're used to using it for anything that you if you don't walk into the gun store and buy it from a gun store, or if it doesn't have a serial number on it, that's a, that's a ghost gun. Oh, wow. Basically what they're saying. So this guy in Washington, D.C., he was busted with a homemade ghost gun, according to this news article from the New York Post, minutes after he showed the firearm on, on Instagram. So the social media <laughs> uh, platform identified this, this guy, identified as Ryan Parker in a criminal complaint obtained Tuesday by the Daily Beast, allegedly showed off his 9mm handgun, which he had personally converted to, a, to fire fully automatically during an Instagram live broadcast on Saturday. Now, the footage depicted a suspect police say is Parker wearing a black hoodie and a blue medical face mask inside a vehicle while holding the gun in his left hand, according to court documents. The handgun had a green lower receiver with a black string tied around it and a silver slide. The complaint reads attached to the firearm was a black drum magazine. Now, the firearm also had a blue giggle switch an aftermarket accessory that makes a semi-automatic handgun capable of fully automatic firing, according to this news story, effectively making it a machine gun, an FBI agent wrote in the complaint. So there's a couple things going on there. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is according to this New York Post story. They used the term giggle switch. They used the giggle switch. <laughs> All right. So Parker aimed the weapon that appeared to be a fully functioning handgun directly at the camera during his live broadcast which was spotted by a Metropolitan Police Department officer, according to the complaint. Parker, who was known to cops and frequently hung out near the Fort Chaplin apartments in Northeast D.C., was taken into custody within minutes of ending his Instagram broadcast. A handgun with a drum magazine was found in plain view on the driver's seat of a silver sedan Parker was seen in during the Instagram live video. Now, he tried to flee but was taken into custody, according to the complaint. The firearm was determined to be an un 9mm personally manufactured firearm, commonly referred to as a ghost gun, according to mainstream media now. And the, the complaint reads that the firearm was loaded with one round in the chamber and 36 rounds in the attached drum magazine, and it was fitted with a giggle switch, rendering it capable of fully automatic fire without manually reloading by a single function of the trigger. Now, Parker did not have an attorney listed in court records and could not be reached for comment, so this is a story we're going with. (laughs) A giggle switch. What in the world is a giggle switch?
5: Well, that's a switch that when you put it on your firearm and you shoot it, it makes you giggle. It makes you giggle? It's fun to shoot fully automatic. (laughs) Giggle switch. (laughs) Okay, got it. It's just a fully automatic
3: selector, basically. All right, so it's a switch that turns the Glock pistol
5: into a mini machine gun. Uh On the Glocks, they go on the back plate. Yeah, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Giggle switch. (laughs) Yeah. Don't uh, don't (laughs) get don't possess one of those. No. No. Don't videotape yourself doing stuff that you're
3: not supposed to. Like uh, this week, another thing I want to tell you about. This week, I had someone, uh, two people, walk into the gun store. Smell like they just literally hot box before they walked into the door, you know. You know what hot boxing is? I do. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. So they. A friend told me. Okay, a friend. Okay, so hot box. They literally hot box before they walked into the door. Now inside the gun store, we have a constable, deputy constable. You know, inside the store, uh, for one reason or the other, and so the, these guys walk in. And as soon as they come in, you know, all you you just smell nothing but weed. It's like, I, dude, first of all, can you just for five minutes pretend like that's illegal and don't smell like you hotbox before you walk into a gun store to get a gun? Because guess what I can't do? I can't sell you a gun. <laughs> you smell like weed. There's, there's a spot on the form that says that, hey, you know – you know what I'm saying?
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a spot that mentions On the this. 4473. On the 4473. That the person has to fill out in order to buy a gun from a gun store.
3: Yes. And so, you know, can you just, you know, not walk into the gun store spelling like, you know, you literally hot box. You know, you just d- did a whole baggie. You know, just, I don't get it. You know, it, it literally says on the forum, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Warning. The use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law, regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medicinal or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. So don't walk into the gun store smelling like five pounds of weed. You know, that puts me in jeopardy. That puts my employees in jeopardy, you know, because we transfer a firearm to you knowing, you know, that we can smell this on you. You know, we're, we're actually signing this form saying that, hey, we legally transfer this firearm to this person and they can legally be in possession of it, you know, according to what we see and what we verified. And that means I'm committing a felony if I transfer the firearm to you. I'm not going to put myself in jeopardy just because you want to get high before you walk into the gun store. So don't put us in that position. Don't put me in a position when I have to be mean like that or, you know, I have to turn you down, you know, or embarrass you and embarrass myself. You know, don't, I don't like to be put in a position like that. So, you know, just do us a favor. Don't do it. Just little simple things like that. All right. Unfortunately, you know, until the law changes, that's the way the law is. And we have to follow federal law, unfortunately. It doesn't matter what the state says, doesn't matter what the city says, doesn't matter what, you know, your local police department says. What matters is, hey, this is this is federal, and I have to follow federal law, unfortunately. And you're putting us in jeopardy when you do things like that. All right, so another thing I want to talk about is guess what? ATF frame receiver rule change comments ends August the
5: nineteenth. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I wonder what that forum looks like. With all the comments? Yes, I would like to see Inspire. all those comments. And they have to address every type of comment, don't they? Are they? Do they? I don't so know. So the people submit comments to the ATF about this, and then the ATF basically, you know, they're going to see some repeat comments. But every comment that they get, they have to respond to, is my understanding. Is that right?
3: So the window for the public to comment on a you know quiet but potentially massive rule change on what constitutes a firearm frame or receiver under federal law is closing. It's gonna close on in August the nineteenth. And in May, President Biden's Department of Justice unveiled the biggest change to fundamentally fundamental American gun laws since nineteen sixty-eight, with a one hundred and fifteen page proposal uh posted on a Friday afternoon, and it gave us ninety days to To make a comment and that period is going to end on once again, August the 19th. As of Thursday, the proposed rulemaking only had one hundred and five thousand public comments, mostly negative. So one hundred and five thousand. Is that all? That's it. And the rule is complex and filled with a, with a uh, minute tweaks with the ATF's ambiguous summary running to one, one thousand, six hundred words alone. And it's analysis, you know, clocking in at 67 pages besides establishing a de facto ban on so-called 80% frames and receivers in the way they are circulating you know today it could also stand to regulate split multi receivers and modular firearms such as AR15 and P320 in ways that could require AR uppers and pistol slide assemblies to be a serialized firearm This would effectively end the days of uppers or unfinished frames receivers shipped directly to the door of otherwise law-abiding Americans, treating them instead as Title I firearms that would have to transfer through a licensed dealer with a Form 4473 with a NICS and a and or state background check. The main and recurring theme of the proposal is firearms tracing with the word trace woven into the primary document over 80 times. The rule would also scrap the current 20-year storage mandate of firearm records by licensed gun dealers requiring storage indefinitely. Now, the proposed rulemaking was hailed by national anti-gun groups who have pressured the ATF, Congress, and the White House to make it harder for Americans to produce homemade firearms, a right that predates the country's founding. Going further, such groups ignore the fact that criminals can still easily make zip guns from common household items in the face of such proposed reg- uh, regulations. Now, constitutional law expert David Koppel speaks uh, with uh, Mark Tolman, a lengthy length on the, the the history of the homemade guns. And there's a video of that on YouTube. Definitely you should go and check that video, video out there. Uh, some good information there. So this is, you know, some crazy stuff. That we're having to deal with now and keep in mind that you know this administration is going to do something they're going to get something passed something through because they have this year and next year to get it done if they don't get it done by this year or next year they're going to lose the house of the senate so they know they're 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 the clock the clock is ticking they're the time frame here they got to get it done whatever changes they want done to us this year or next year because the way it goes is whoever holds the white house always loses the house of the senate so he's going to lose one of those branches there so they got to get it done this year next year this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it hey this is awr hawkins you're listening to come and talk
1: it with michael cargill Talk thirteen seventy.
0: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All
3: right, so lawmakers have, have sent a clear message to the ATF. They're saying, hey, ATF, you don't have the juice for rule change. So Republican lawmakers on the U.S. House Judiciary Committee on Tuesday warned federal gun regulators that a proposed new rule exceeds the agency's authority. Eight GOP members of the committee wrote Marvin Richardson, the acting director of the Bureau of Alcohol Tobacco and Firearms and Explosives, that the proposed new rule concerning the definition of a frame or receiver under federal law is deeply flawed and beyond the scope of ATF's authority, contrary to years of previous ATF opinions, and harmful to millions of law-abiding Americans' firearm owners in this country. Now, the four-page letter led by Congressman Andy Biggs and Jim Jordan asked the ATF to explain by August 17th why the agency believes it is necessary to trace all firearms. When the proposed expansion was first conceived, who inside the Bureau crafted it, and if other elements of the Justice Department of Office of Management and Budget had any input into the rule. Now, lawmakers argue that the proposed rule would greatly expand the definition of frame or receiver beyond the intent of Congress, saying it goes well past the powers granted to the agency in any applicable federal laws. A.T.F.'s rule appears to be a deliberate attempt to uncir- uh, just circumvent the authority of Congress, says the letter urging the agency to abandon the proposed rule. In so doing, A.T.F. has also unconstitutionally infringed on American citizens fundamental Second Amendment rights and privacy rights under the Fourth Amendment. The 90-day public comment period on the proposed 115-page ATF rulemaking ends August 19th. National anti-gun groups with deep pockets who have pressured the ATF, Congress, and the White House to make it harder for Americans to produce homemade firearms have been pushing members and allies to comment on the proposal in recent weeks. No one should be able to build an untraceable AR-15 at home, said Giffords in a social media post this week. Complete with a link to a suggested copy-paste comment. We need to flood the ATF website with public comments before August 19th. Tell them to adopt President Biden's new rule to regulate ghost guns like traditional guns. You got to get in there. We got to comment. You got to make sure that our voices are heard. You know, you have these firearms at home right now. Do you want the ATF, to gov- do you want the government to come after your guns and, you know, and actually ban them? Or regulate them, or make you register them. If you don't, you need to make a comment because if we don't, the comment section is going to end this week. And when it ends, we're going to end up with what we have because they came after the bump stocks. No one said anything. You know, you know, you know, you know the wording. You know how it goes. You got to remember these things. Got to get in there, a comment. Let your voice be heard. Because if you don't, we're going to end up losing them. Gun owners group sues over firearms ban at the Minnesota State Fair. So the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus is seeking an injunction as a new security agreement with Ramsey County is set to begin this year. So basically, this Minnesota group that advocates for the rights of gun owners is suing the organizers of the of the Minnesota State Fair for its policy banning gun owners with valid permits from carrying their firearms during the fair. Now, the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus filed suit in Ramsey County court on Tuesday, seeking an injunction against the fair's gun policy. The lawsuit names the defendants at the, as the State Agricultural Society, which is in charge of the Minnesota State Fair, as well as Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher after the county agreed to provide security at the fair in 2021. In addition to the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, the plaintiffs also include two individuals, both regular fairgoers, who are seeking the ability to legally care a firearm to the fairgrounds. That's what I'm talking about. And plaintiffs wish to exercise their fundamental constitutional and statutorily protected right to carry loaded operable handguns on their person at the annual Minnesota State Fair for lawful purposes, including immediate self-defense. The suit reads, but they cannot because of the laws, regulation, policies, practices and customs that defendants have been enforcing and continue to actively enforce today. The suit claims the second amendment to the U S constitution and Minnesota law supersedes any inconsistent local regulation stating that the state agriculture society is a governmental government entity. And the suit also claims the policy, which has been placed for years was never properly established in the state agriculture society's bylaws for the fair. So they have been sued. And so the Minnesota state fair previously ran its own security, until the recent retirement of its police chief last month, and the fair entered into an agreement with the sheriff's office to provide security, which includes increased law enforcement officers, private security, and mail detectors at the gates for the first time. So we need to show them what we do here in Texas, like getting into the Texas Capitol and stuff like that. You know, in the Texas Capitol, you can have a license to carry a handgun. You can carry your handgun in the open or concealed at the Texas State Capitol. Um, and if you're not a license holder, you got to go to the metal detector. So, you know, we need to show Minnesota how it's done, how we do it here in Texas. You know what I
5: mean? How do we do it here in Texas, Mike? We carry our gun. Everywhere we go? Everywhere, including About, in the bathroom. We go to Denny's with the gun? Denny's with a gun. We go to Walmart with the gun? Walmart with a gun. We go swimming with the gun? I go swimming with my gun. <laughs> That's right. Even in the Where sw- do you keep it when you go
3: swimming? I keep it in a secret spot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right and that's what we do also a woman using a gun laser sight to play with cats shoots her friend okay Oops. so this is how we gonna end this one <laughs> okay Ooh. so this is Kenosha, Wisconsin a Wisconsin woman accidentally shot a friend while using the laser sight on a handgun to play with a cat, authorities say <laughs> <laughs> Boy. and she's gonna learn you don't, ever, don't mess with cat people <laughs> you, know, you ever see that? That you ever see that?
5: Don't mess with cats.
3: Yeah. on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. You ever uh-huh. see that? Oh, Man, yeah. that was a good one there. That was a crazy story. It was a crazy story. It showed me how cat people are really crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and don't don't. <laughs> 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 don't email me. Don't call me. I acknowledge the fact that you cat people are crazy. And I respect your crazy.
5: Yeah, this woman <laughs> okay. would have been in a lot more trouble if she shot the cat instead of her friend.
3: Oh, yeah, she would have been. And mm-hmm. I, I respect your crazy. So, you know, and I, I, I yield to your crazy. <laughs> okay. I don't mess with cat people. Oh,
5: so, and a South Carolina guy, he gave a child a face tattoo at a McDonald's. What?
3: Yeah. Like a real tattoo?
5: A face tattoo. Oh, a my. Real goodness. face tattoo. That's crazy. Yep. Illegal was it his tattooing kid? of a minor. Was it his kid? Uh, it just says a child in the story. Wow. I'm not sure whose child. Was he shot? <laughs> he was arrested. <laughs> okay, just checking. All right, so
3: back, back to this story with the, the laser and the cat. So a criminal complaint charging the 19-year-old woman was negligent uh, in, in using a weapon uh, to, I guess, while she was visiting a Kenosha apartment on Tuesday afternoon where a 21-year-old man had brought a handgun. Uh, The woman who a witness said had been drinking picked up the handgun, turned on the laser sight, and was pointing at the floor to get the cat to chase it. What a great idea. And when the gun just went off, the complaint filed Thursday said, oh, it just went off by itself. Oh, you had your finger on the trigger. What a concept. So the man who was standing in the doorway was shot in the thigh. Authorities said he left and went into another apartment where police found him after responding to a 911 call And so a tourniquet was applied to his leg to stop the bleeding before he was taken to a hospital. There was no word on his condition, but authorities said he was facing charges for violating a bond condition that prevented him from having a weapon. So he wasn't supposed to have a gun. He wasn't supposed to have a gun in the first place. Mm -hmm. And the woman told police she thought the magazine had been taken out of the gun and said it accidentally went off. That (laughs) was not how guns work. (laughs) <laughs> Negligent. <laughs> that was negligence. And you can't assume the gun is unloaded.
5: Always assume a gun never is loaded. Never assume the gun is unloaded. Never assume. Never treat a gun like it's not loaded. Preach. Never. Always assume the gun's
3: loaded. Always. I tell you. Oh, man. And, and, you know, today was a good day. I ended today at the gun range, and today was like a, a tsunami. You know, what, it was so much rain today. It just came out of nowhere. Too. Nowhere. We were at the gun range, all my, my 20 students, had, and all of a sudden it started pouring. We had to run for cover and, and, and just and huddle together You know, for a good 30 minutes while we waited for the rain to finally stop and so we can finish shooting and then go home for the day. And I want to thank my students for coming out, ex- educating themselves, learning the laws of Texas, and learning you know gun safety, learning conflict resolution, how to calm those situations down, and just do what I do. You know, you know, I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden, you know, I I came up to a red light there. Someone pulls up next to me and they said, hey, why are you driving so slow? I said, hey. I'm driving slow because I have two dead bodies in the back and I'm trying not to disturb them. And so they drove off and went on down the road. And that's how you avoid a road rage incident right there. Conflict (laughs) avoidance. That's right. Got to avoid those situations. And that person hit the gas and went on down the road. They didn't want to further that conversation anymore.
5: They don't teach you that in class. They don't teach you that in class. When you come to my class, I'll tell you some tricks. I'll show you some tricks. <laughs> yeah, because as of September 1st, people are going to be able to carry their handgun with no knowledge or training. And while you will be legally allowed to do that, it might be a little bit smarter. To go get some information from somebody who knows what they're talking about.
3: That's
2: right.
5: And know the law before you carry that gun around. That's right. We've been
3: doing this for twenty years and you know and now we have a good track record of keeping people out of jail and educating you so you know what the law is. So definitely, you know, take a class with an instructor and find out what those laws are and learn use of force and daily force. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You be listening to come and talk it with Michael Cardio.